Hey folks, Uticast episode number 44. I did not come up with any athletes for number 44. We stopped doing that, I feel like, a while did ago. Did we? I think we had a bad number, and I think it was no good. I think it might have went on too long, maybe, once we get to... You know what it is, too? We're getting past the point where people have numbers. Yeah, it's true. You know All I mean? the best numbers are below, like, 25, right? If you're an athlete, you uh, want to be... I would say 35 and below. 35 40 and, below. and below. We're definitely getting outside the zone. Uh, well, we'll try and get back in the zone with a great interview this week. We have Samantha Colosimo Tesma, uh, Testa. Yeah. She is the city council member for North Utica, and she came in to talk about the downtown hospital. Uh, she's the counterpoint to last week's interview with Brett Truitt. It's true. Uh, and we're going to be celebrating uh, the, well, not celebrating, we're mourning the passing of the legend. Celebrating the life. The life and legacy of one prince. So today we're going to try and podcast like it's 1999. going to podcast like it's 1999 <laughs> there were no podcasts in 1999 so does that mean there is no show this week yes we're gonna make is this even recording <laughs> we're gonna make a sentient radio show <laughs> from 1999 well uh you know what we used to do when i first when i first started doing famo and the wookie stuff um i was afraid to use itunes this is a weird i don't know why i just didn't maybe it's because we back in the day we used to actually play full songs right like the idea was right, that me right. and me and daniel would be like whatever we were listening to this week we would I'd be like, Daniel, give me two songs. Like a radio show. You like, would play the song. Yeah, we sort of created like an internet radio show kind of, and I didn't want to put it on iTunes because my concern was that it's just going to get shut down, right? Right, right. Now my concern with iTunes is like, well, I'm not really Who is this? Yeah, who is this? I think, um, yeah, I think the iTunes, I think the copyright lawyers have bigger fish to fry than us. But what we used to actually have to do is I had to make basically a 45 to hour minute song, which is not that much different than what we do now. Sure. And then produce it as a single MP3 and then put it in a program so people could download it. I could send it to them and you could basically just get one song sent to you. You know what I mean? Like I remember that. Your show used to yeah. come in the email. In email. I used to give Famo and the Wookiee in my, in my junk email account. And it, yeah, yeah. And which is the one that I gave you. Right, well, you know what the problem was too is because back then what I had to do is I either had to set it up on like media fire which i don't even know if that's Ouch. a thing anymore yeah, it is. uh and then i guess i had a program that i found that I, again i don't even know if this is a real thing anymore it was called hulk share right and it was that's basically is that a thing still mm-hmm. uh that's what we used to use for it uh and now that we've been putting this on itunes for i guess about i guess everything's on itunes we only started about 10 weeks in to start doing itunes it's so much easier to do it, it this way i don't know why yeah. i was uh there's a reason they've got a stranglehold on the market it's because yeah. i mean they do provide a lot of convenience for consumers yeah Kevin Sullivan, how are you, buddy? I would be better if Prince was still here. Yeah, it's sad. It, you know, Prince, yeah. everybody is, the outpouring of sadness has been been crazy mm. to yeah. see. 
Um, yeah, and I, you know, we're going to talk about Prince a little bit. It's hard to talk about Prince because it seems like uh, Bill Simmons had this quote: "Never seen a celebrity with such a high approval rating." Yeah. Like everybody seems so torn up about this. That's true. You, well, Prince, Prince is one of those artists where you're not going to find a lot of naysayers. No. Like approval rating, everybody generally either likes Prince or doesn't really know enough Prince to have an opinion. And so we'll talk about Prince in the first segment, and we'll be uh, intertwining some Prince beats. Is this your cue to tell me to stop talking about Prince because you've got it slotted for a couple minutes down the road? Yes. Okay. Yes. Yes, I was... Okay. Uh, yeah, you know. Very slick. Production work. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, so we're going to be playing Prince music all throughout the rest of the show. Uh, if they get If it gets taken off, I'll just put it back with not Prince music, and then That's it'll true. sound weird and out of context, but... Uh, you'll know it was there at one point in time. Uh, so let's get into a couple quick announcements uh, before we get into the show this week. Erin uh, is not here. She is having some issues at the ho- at the house that she's taking care of. So Parkinson hopefully will be here. We don't know who's going to be here yet. Is is hopefully really the word? It's a word. Hopefully Parkinson <laughs> will be here. Uh, I guess realistically Parkinson will be here. We will maybe. find some, somebody Someone is bound to come through the UDCast studio on a Monday Cliff night. might be here. I'm going to get Cliff maybe. Uh, anyhow... Um, so the uh, our big announcement this week, uh, Maine Utica announcing their passport is up for pre-sale. It's already been out by the time you hear this, so you can already order the pre-sale today. Yeah, MaidenUtica.com slash passport, or you go right to the site or any of our social media feeds, and you'll be able to find it. Uh, the cool thing about pre-sale is, you know, the passport is a great deal at mm-hmm. 10 bucks. For pre-sale, it's only 5 So for $5, you get 25 different deals at different mm-hmm. businesses throughout town. It's, I mean, it's a steal. Um and with the uh, with the new pre-order, you can also order prints of the fine artwork that Maria from Retro yeah. Sorrento I think did. People are going to be wildly impressed when they see the artwork yeah. on this. It really, I mean, other years that we've done it, it's just you know basic design like lettering on a yeah. plain color. This is a whole different ball game. Since Parkinson's not here to defend himself, I'll say you know if you look at the first passport and the second passport, the uh, they look they look pretty much the same. This passport is a huge step up in appearance and yeah, this of, is a whole yeah, different you know. And luckily, we had we had some people, you know, it's nice to be able to be getting big enough where we can do stuff like this and really sort of turn it out and have some, you know, supporters come in and kind of sponsor the passport mm-hmm. so that we can go ahead and give people this sort of one-of-a-kind piece as opposed to just, you know, a little black and white booklet, which is, it's really cool mm-hmm. to see how it's grown over the last three years. And it's sort of humbling to watch the reception to it and how much people pay attention and, you know, care, really, so to speak. It's a it's a very very nice coupon book. I'll say that. It's, <laughs> it's the night. Well, it's all about the context. I like how people talk about the when when people are trying to be detractors and they're like, "Oh, good luck with your coupons. Good luck with your coupon book." It's like, like that's the best thing you've got to come at us with, Chris Walsh. Like that's all you can really. I mean, oh, good luck um, driving people to go spend money at local businesses, you big jerks. Like that's your <laughs> argument. Okay. Uh, well, I wasn't gonna go that far necessarily, but all I'm saying is uh, we have. I think. I think it's important to talk about context, especially with our show in general uh, and yeah. a lot of the stuff that Maiden Utica does. Let's talk about uh, let's talk about the Blue Sox coverage from last week. We uh, <laughs> okay, so a lot of people watched that video, that Blue Sox video that, that was produced by Justin and and with uh, Maiden Utica with yeah, featuring just, Hambone. Yeah, yeah, that video. Um, I think, and there was a lot of we got a little bit of backlash about maybe it wasn't openly presented that uh, the. Triple A or single A Utica Blue Sox weren't coming back to mm-hmm. Utica, but there was a name change, right? So we caught yeah. a little bit of flack for that. Um, Man, I, my my thing with with that just to really quick with it is, you know, a little bit of backlash is a great term because. 
there's a tendency to, out of all of the response that was gotten to that video, and I mean, there was so much. Mm -hmm. Go look at the amount of plays, the amount of shares. A lot of people watched that video, and out of all the people who watched it, I would say maybe 5% to 10 at the absolute most was negative backlash. Mm -hmm. And, you know, if you only focus on the 10% negative that you get without giving any credence to the positive, I mean, it seemed like people were kind of grasping at straws with some of the criticisms. Mm -hmm. Right. Well, and that's fair. And, I, and I've talked about this before, especially with some of the more uh, reactionary members of our Maiden Utica crew who tend to get a little hot into the collar with this sometimes. Uh, I try not to worry too much about it because people who are uh, who want to talk trash or be negative, however you want to call it, there's a million terms you can use. People sure. who have a negative criticism for a product are generally more willing to voice their opinion than people who just yeah. like something. Well, I, that, that's that same old chestnut where, like, the only people who write reviews are people who had a bad time. People yes. who had a good time don't yeah. go back and be like, oh, this thing's garbage. Uh, but we but we had a certain vision with, like, that video. Me and Parkinson talked about it. I wasn't there filming it, but me and Parkinson had talked about yeah. this a lot beforehand. And one of the things, we were sort of kind of having fun, taking a crack at, like, 30 for 30 style sports stuff. A lot of that video is meant tongue-in-cheekly. I don't I think don't, people knew that it was no, a joke. I don't think people knew that it was... That I feel like it, if you know John Zongrone, you know that that video is a joke. Yeah, I, I watched like, that video and laugh, and I think most people didn't see... And, and we're not making fun of the Blue Sox at any means. Uh, we were sort of... Presenting it in a way that, like, a serious sports documentary is presented from, like, a camera yeah. work and, like, presentation perspective. We like, just wanted to make a fun tongue-in-cheek yeah. video to drum up some hype yeah, for and the it, Blue Sox. And the real production of it was very quick and very on the spot. It was not a long-planned concept. Yeah. Uh, I, it just happened to come out, and it seemed like mm-hmm. it did. Uh, but, again, like we, we talked a lot about our buddies, uh, my buddy Dano, who runs, who's been recently running the FAMO and the Wookiee right. Twitter. He sort of satirically talks about sports. You mentioned it. If you read some of their Twitter and you don't understand who they are, it doesn't even seem like they're telling jokes. It sounds like they're just telling a fact. Like, this is a real tweet. Headed to overtime at Barclays. Wow, what a game. Hashtag NHL playoffs. Nothing about that is funny. But because you know the person (laughs) and and their voice and how they mean it, it's hilarious. I think, yeah, that's a... Well, that's the thing with it, too. And, you know, there's a lot of it from, like, you know, where you have to know John and the kind of understand where we're coming from to know that it's funny. Like... He wasn't wearing baseball cleats. I saw people like, this is low rent. It's not even cleats. It's like, we knew. We know. <laughs> we know. Not, those that's are Stan, okay. Those are Stan Smith's. Those are nice shoes. The joke is that he was wearing them. That's what I mean. And people were, I mean? people were, people uh, were, oh, people were salty uh, about. It's okay. It's, I mean. I, I think it was good. And, and I'll say this. It does seem in the last few weeks, like we are going to start seeing more Made in Utica and Uticast and video all content. sorts of video content. Yeah. Um, so I think. It's going to be good to start letting people see the kind of sense of humor that we're going to be bringing to things, and that even though we do take the video production and the work seriously, we're also trying to be entertaining as well. well exactly. It's a fine line. And that's a message that I try to keep yeah. with some of our more hot under the collar uh, teammates is yeah. <laughs> we got a couple of those. Like, we're putting out this content now, and some people are getting a little bit chirpy and like sending out subtweets and stuff. I love the, subtweets. The, they're the best. <laughs> the more the more content that gets put out, the more people that watch it, the more people are going to inherently there will be more people that are detractors. Nothing you do is not going to have detractors, so you can't focus on every single little one and take it personally. You know. All right. Well, that was very is important. You're right. I agree with you, and I think uh, I think it's time to move on. So, uh, in the words of our fallen our fallen hero, let's get crazy. Dearly beloved. We are gathered here today to get through this thing called life. 
Electric word, life, it means forever, and that's a mighty long time. But I'm here to tell you, there's something else. The afterworld. A world of never-ending happiness. You can always see the sun. Day or night. So when you call up that shrink in Beverly Hills, you know the one. Doctor, everything will be alright. All right, and we're back. Yeah, we uh, we have our good friend uh, Cliff Montoni here joining us this week. Hi, Cliff. How's Big it bonus. Going? We said going out of the break. We're like, and Parkinson will be joining us coming in next. This is like when somebody says they're bringing over McDonald's. Like, you know what? I stopped and got sushi on the way instead. <laughs> this is what they call a coup in the media business. And uh, and I see you shivering here in the studio in the cold. Um, yeah, I can see my breath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we- I didn't realize until right before we started the show it's today. It's your breath. <laughs> I didn't. Uh, I didn't. We didn't start the show today, and we realized the windows are open this whole time. We're like, why is it? Oh, right, because all the windows are open. Because apparently, you know, and I don't even want to talk about the weather, and I'll tell you why. Because every time I've made a judgment call about the weather so far this year, like this is it, we're here. I've been wrong. Man, it's not bad though. Like when you, it's it's actually it's pretty cold in the house today, mm. but when you're out there, it's like 54. I went out and did some errands earlier this morning. I just wore a shirt, no jacket, and I was okay. I mean, I wasn't yeah. trying to stand outside all day, but I wasn't, like, cold walking to the car or whatever. The house is remarkable. It is always colder than it is outside. Yeah. Yeah, I talked about this yeah. a couple weeks ago. I'm glad somebody else agrees with me on this. It's for some reason, I don't know if it's the flow of this apartment complex, the UCAS Studios, whatever you want to call it, maybe Utica headquarters. For all the listeners listening at home, I would like to point out to you that these complaints come when both of these men are well aware that the heat is off. Yeah. Oh, no. If you want Look, it to be warmer, turn the heat on. What? I'm not I may, rich. What do you want from me? <laughs> Jesus. I may heat seem on. like a very, you know, hip, high-tech intellectual, but I'm an old-school guy. Once it gets into, you know, April, no heat. Yeah. <laughs> no, the heat goes off. You know, and we man. could run the fireplaces. That's we have, think, Are we out of wood? We're out of wood. Uh, That's what we got all these wonderful uh, sweaters for. Yeah. Uh, so, guys, I've been living... I've been basking in the glow of freelance not working life for uh, going on a month now, and uh, uh, that comes to an end. Uh-oh, oh, Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah. Join, join the ranks. Back to the workforce, yeah. guys. I'm back. More and more like an everyman. Yeah, yeah. So if you uh, see me <laughs> Joe at, uh, at some restaurant in the city, it's a restaurant. I went back to the restaurant, people. No, no, no. That's a, no, no, no. I don't need people knowing which one it is. Oh, well. <laughs> just, if you see me, just pretend that I'm a waiter. See, Cliff, we, we try sometimes on the show not to mention where we work because we don't want any of our scathing hot takes to... <laughs> I try not That's, to. You you tell them where I work every time I'm on here. You're a guest. You're a guest. <laughs> okay, all right. It's a polite thing to do. Yeah. Besides, people need their sourdough. They don't need what I'm... Uh, yeah. Yeah. Listen, I, I'm very excited to be back. I'm uh, very excited at the opportunity that was presented to me. I'm happy to be working where I am. Let's just leave it at that. So if you see me out there in the streets working, say hello. <laughs> That's all. There you go. Out That's there all. in the yeah. streets. Yeah, yeah you may street. run into him. Yeah. Uh, so guys, we said we were going to talk about Prince. Um, Prince passed away earlier this week. If you didn't read about it it's i'm surprised because I'm literally kind of impressed i don't even <laughs> know how you lived this yeah. last week without seeing something about it yeah. somewhere um what i've noticed though is you know 
I'm as we, you know, we're all early thirties. Prince is a little bit outside of our wheelhouse in terms of when he was the most popular. Uh, a lot of the comparisons I've heard from people all week have been to Michael Jackson yeah. and, of course, Madonna. I heard a lot of that. Um, what are your thoughts on Prince? Why do you think it's translated into our generation? It still seems pretty popular, even though it's not totally uh, meant for us. I think Prince is, is recognized, whether directly or whether just by force of suggestion, he's recognized for being uh, you know, once-in-a-lifetime full a musical talent like the thing about mm. a difference between him and a guy like michael jackson you know not to take anything away from michael jackson one of the all-time greats but prince is out there you go to a prince show or you listen to a prince record he plays every single instrument mm-hmm. there is mm-hmm. he's got a level of musicality that I think, yeah. I think sometimes slips by the wayside for people who don't pay enough attention They're like oh this guy's just these you know handful of singles i know from the 80s but he had a career that spanned from the 70s all the way up until you know a couple years ago and when you really go in and listen to a lot of his stuff, I mean, that guy was a musical talent on a level that very few people are anymore or ever were. And I think that's, I think something like that is timeless. And I think it translates and people don't forget when you're that good. Yeah, what was, I'm trying to think, for me, I think, uh, you know, I had older sisters. Yeah. You know what I mean? So they were, my, my sister Karen, you know, is really, she was big into Prince. Like, you know what I mean? Like, she liked right. Prince. I didn't understand Prince. Uh, I, I can think of a couple things specifically that sort of grounded Prince for me as a person. Uh, certainly the purple, movie, the movie Purple Rain, which, uh, as I've mentioned a couple times, it's like the greatest music video that's ever existed. It's just like an hour and a half long. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, um, but Prince, uh, but like Purple Rain is uh, a lot of people are gonna go and wax poetic about how Purple Rain is this like iconic masterpiece of a film. It's kind of weird. Yeah, it's a weird it's movie. An, yeah, it's an Asian movie. It's, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but for me, it's like indicative I think, of the times. I think for me, I, I, I forget. I liked the Batman movie as a kid, and I didn't realize like the 1989 Tim Burton Batman movie. Classic. That, yeah. That's all Prince soundtrack. Right. Like, right. I didn't even appreciate right. that as a kid. You only find that out years later. I think Prince is one of those guys that you probably appreciate obliquely as somebody that people talk about when you're a kid. Yes. Then as we all got older and got into more music and started digging back into mm-hmm. roots and looking, and I know. Specifically, a lot of Prince for us was that like 2007, 8, 9 times when people were going out dancing and playing a lot of older yeah, music. Yeah. Mm. A lot of people got into Prince around then, you know what I mean? And started to see sort of like you really like this song when you're young and as time goes on, you go back to the roots of somebody who was doing that kind of song better, so to speak. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Uh, did anybody catch the Radiohead cover? No. Yeah, the one he yeah. did at Creep where he played yes. that guitar solo. Yeah. Yes, that guitar solo. So yeah. if you're uninitiated or you maybe you're just not into like the pop synth Prince, uh, definitely take a run at the it's Coachella cover, right? Live at Coachella, I, yeah, I, I think it was. Yeah. I think it yep. was. I saw another one that people are really showing up. A lot of people are really pushing the actual Super Bowl halftime show that he did. A lot yes. of people are saying it's the best Super Bowl halftime show. Um, it's that's true. not saying too much, though. That's, that's not fair. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> he, no, I remember he did. He killed it. I think my favorite one that I've seen a lot of people is posted, and I've posted before on my own accord before he even went because it really blows my mind. There's a performance he does. Uh, you know how for the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame, they get all the guys together yes. at the end of the induction ceremony and they have like a big all-star jam and yes. it's like McCartney and Springsteen and Bono and all these legends yeah. all playing songs. They do one, and um, they're up there, they're playing Well My Guitar Gently Weeps, the George Harrison song by the Beatles, mm-hmm. and it's all these you know legends up there playing, and I think uh, Tom Petty and Steve Winwood are singing like a duet on it, and the whole time you see Prince is there sort of off on the edge with you know no real lights on him or anything, and you're just like, oh, Prince is just out there kind of hanging out. And then when it comes time for the guitar solo, he just steps out in a way that only Prince can, the spotlight comes on him, and he plays... 
I mean, he might not get enough credit for being one of the great guitar players of all time, and the solo he plays yeah. is just yeah. perfect. And to be on stage with all these living legends and, I mean, blow them all out like they're the first low-rent-for-hire backup musicians you can get, to, to steal the stage with yeah. that much star power, it's... Go look that up on YouTube if you've never seen it. Even if you have, go look again. The uh, the very first thing that somebody told me when I mentioned to them that Prince had passed away was, um, I, and I uh, un, unconfirmed, but he said uh, the Eric Clapton quote, where someone, you know, a reporter asked Eric Clapton how it was to be the best guitar player in the world, and he said, "I don't know, ask Prince." <laughs> uh, that's high praise. You know what's what's one more thing? I think um, I certainly don't give it enough credit because it's not my life experience, but I have a coworker who said to me about Prince passing away. Um, he's So my coworker, he, he was basically talking about how growing up in the black community, it was a guy like Prince is really important for him to sort of be shown that there's, you can live your life however you want, and be whatever right. kind of guy you want to be. Right. And if you want to go out and, you know, be flamboyant, act a certain way, embrace different lifestyles outside of just this one narrow role you feel is carved out for you, he said that Prince was really like a torchbearer from a young child age. Right. And that's something I would never know from my experience, but I thought that was interesting and it seemed pretty spot on. Uh, I'm going to pigeonhole a New York story in here, so... Um, I take, can't believe it. Take a shot. Mm. Um, I, uh, I went to a I went to a concert one time in New York. It was a smaller concert, like a bar venue. And um, it was there with a couple buddies of mine, and we went to go see this... Uh, it was Panda Bear. You ever heard of Panda Bear? Familiar with Panda Bear? I'm not. I should in, be. No, no, okay. no one should. Right. No All one right. should be familiar. <laughs> what am I missing out on? No, he was he was one of the guys from Animal Collective. Right? Okay. So anyhow, uh, we went to this place in Queens, and there's all sorts of like really hip types right here. A lot of the hipster crew is there, and David Byrne walks in. Right oh. now, David Byrne lives in the neighborhood. Yeah. I know. Like, I'm people are like rolling their eyes at me, yeah. like, oh, dude, don't David Byrne. Yeah. Uh, so. <laughs> Well, <laughs> well, yeah, yeah. Uh, so David Byrne. Did walks you ride in. your bike there? I did. You, of I course, did. you rode your bike there. By <laughs> <laughs> the last time I rode my bike too. Uh, no, oh man, <laughs> I rode it there just for the, the street cred, literally, <laughs> literal street cred. Um, so we get to the, so we're at the venue, and David Byrne is there, and uh, my buddy is a huge David Byrne fan. Uh, and he, I'm like, he's like, doesn't want to talk to him, right? He's like, he's like, I was like, dude, go talk to David. I'm like, don't go talk to him and bother him, but. If you walk over there and say, hey, David Byrne. Um, Did we say that David Byrne is the guy from Talking Heads? Did we mention that? No, we no, didn't. No, I, I assume people know who David Byrne is. David Byrne's I feel the guy like people from don't. Heads. I bet if you pulled the majority of the people, go ahead. David Byrne, I'm, the guy from Talking Heads. I, I'm just going to refer to him as author. Sure. Well, he's just yeah, author. He is an That's author. It. Yeah. <laughs> go ahead. No, so, that derailed you. Go ahead. So David Byrne is there, and I'm telling Adam, I'm like, look, man, like, I don't think that David Byrne is going to be offended if you walk up to him and say, like, hey, you're really important to me in terms of, like, my musical life and the things I like, right? And as I'm trying to get Adam like, geeked up to go talk to this guy, a crowd has now surrounded David, right, right. David Byrne, and now there's no way to talk to him. Yeah. But what, the, what I thought was fascinating was that at a different show where there's a lot of really cool hip people... Just the fact that David Byrne was there was the story. Right. I think Prince is that kind of famous. Oh, He's for that sure. Kind yeah. of oh, celebrity. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, and there's another story that I will share with you very quickly. Uh, I heard about that when Saturday Night Live did their 40th uh, anniversary special, right? Uh, also, and this is a, a side thing. When go look for the uh, go look for the Prince on SNL performance he did in the last couple of years because they did something on SNL I've never seen them do for a performance. They gave her like he gave Prince eight minutes to really? do. Uh, yeah. An entire sequence of like his new album, yeah. as opposed to being like, "Here's Prince," right? Like, it became such a part of the show that it was like, "How do you mm -hmm. do the rest of the show afterwards?" He is quietly but widely respected. Like, uh, 
yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But the, but the real point I was making is, so they had the 40th anniversary uh, Saturday Night Live, right? And they have the after party afterwards, and there's an open stage, and all the people are up there, and there's all these celebrities and stuff going up and doing performances. And late at the end of the night, apparently Prince comes in and performs a couple songs, and then everyone, like, goes crazy, and then afterwards, everyone just leaves. Because they're like, well... The Prince show is over. <laughs> this, yeah. I think that's an interesting point about, I mean... A, a quick sidebar, I'm loving, you know, in the wake of Prince passing, everybody's telling these Prince stories, and everyone's crazier than the last. Like, going all the way back to when he was on Chappelle's show, and they're talking about playing yeah. basketball, making pancakes. Mm, yeah. All these different celebrities having just insane Prince stories, it seems like it's only him. But I think the interesting thing about a guy like that is he's one of the few people with enough, you know, enough goodwill of people or enough cultural cachet or whatever. He, everything he does is on his own yes. terms. It's yeah. like, hey, Lauren Michaels, you want to play SNL? I need yes. eight minutes. Yeah. If not, that's mm. fine. I just won't I just come. Won't do it, right. And like um, anybody would do what they want. Tracy Morgan has a really fantastic print story. Uh, it's in his book. I highly recommend it. I'm not going to butcher it, so you can read it. Uh, <laughs> Tracy Morgan. Yeah, yeah, I'm not going to butcher that. Google book. Tracy Morgan print. Prince, yeah, internet yeah, story. I'm sure yeah. it's on there somewhere. Uh, and then, you know what's funny? This is read a real, the book. This is a real outlier one for me as well. Is uh, Did you guys ever watch the show New Girl? Yes. <laughs> Prince has, has an episode of he New Girl. He was. I forgot about yeah, that. There's an episode he of was. New Girl where Prince is on there for basically the whole episode and him and Zoe Deschanel sing a song at the end. Yeah. <laughs> I forgot all about that until you said that. Yeah, you're right. Hot take yeah. three 30-year-olds overwhelmingly in support of New Girl, by the way. It's a great show. It is a fantastic I don't, show. I just don't think we're target demographic. You know what's crazy, though? Everybody says that, and I don't really understand where that line of thinking comes from. Like, there's because it's about a girl... The whole cast is like four guys and one girl. Like I don't, th I don't think yeah. of that as a girl yeah. show. That's just a comedy. The same way that you know, is Friends aimed at guys or girls? No, it's just for people. Yeah, it's I don't just watch a friends. sitcom. You're dumb. Or you don't like friends? You're dumb. No. What? Yeah, yeah. No, I don't have time for that nonsense. That riffraff. Oh my! You have yeah. time for Supernatural? No, I don't have time for that either. <laughs> no. Look, man, that's that's harsh. I know. Uh, I know. Look, I understand the Friends criticism. Friends is a. I think Friends is very funny, and I think that I don't know if Friends holds up in today's like. Yeah, right. Like right. I, I, I it does to me when I watch it. I don't know. We watched the whole like we just watched the entire season of it basically. You and me and Steve over the last couple of weeks, and I laughed a lot. I thought yeah. it was very entertaining. Um, you know, I don't like to promote other podcasts on this show too much, but we listened to that episode of uh, Deadspin, Deadcast. And you uh, should. Yeah, <laughs> don't ever listen to any yeah, what other podcasts? Uh, we listened to Deadspin's podcast, Deadcast, and actually made a very interesting point to say that not everything you consume from a media standpoint has to be, like, Breaking Bad or, like, some intense... Like, you can watch stuff you like. Well, and I think... And that's <laughs> yeah, like, of course. Right, right. It could be lighter and it you can enjoy yeah, it. Yeah. That's yeah, why yeah. there's so much content yeah. out there. I think, yes. I think that's a big thing because you notice a lot of people, like, Sam, I know you have a tendency to... If there's something that's anything less than the highest brow, it comes with, like, a lot of qualifiers and disclaimers. And it's like, so people just like what they like. That was a good point they made. I heard that Deadspin podcast where it's like, not everything has to be... The pinnacle of artistic achievement <laughs> yeah, for right, you to right. admit that you like it. Yeah, uh, like I like Jessica Jones because I like Kristen Ritter. She's a band, yeah, and that absolutely. show is well written, and I enjoy the dark tones of it. I don't. I'm embarrassed talking about it now in the podcast. <laughs> Why? Nobody cares. No, that's true. No, no, that's now that's the truest <laughs> thing we've said. I just like um, thirty minutes of Zoe Deschanel talking. You know, like if she was just reading, I like a book, all of I would oh, yeah. listen to it. Oh, yeah. like, the dudes on totally that fine. show were hilarious, yeah. though. Everybody, yeah. the writing is good. That's a good yeah. show. Everybody, yeah. if you don't watch New Girl, check out. Especially the first couple seasons were really good. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, yeah. Well, you know, we were going to talk politics. I guess there's no point, right? We veered off the road from politics. Amen. You know, what? Well, you know. Well, what are you going to do? <laughs> I think you know what. 
we need a little reprieve from that yeah. anyway. You know, whatever. Right, so Everybody else is getting it from every other angle. So I was just going to move to the last segment. Either way. Uh, let's move on to Oh, this. you probably had a segue all set up for this. Uh, no. Do no, you want to uh, use it anyway? No, no, I didn't have a segue. Do you want to pretend that we just talked about politics? Politics, politics. No, no, politics, that's fine. Politics, politics. Uh, actually, no. So let me let me uh, reference this interview for just a minute. Last week uh, on episode forty three, we talked uh, to Brett Truitt. Brett Truitt is the man behind the NoDowntownHospital.com uh, website. Uh, so, in terms of being a little bit of a point counterpoint, totally non biased argument here, we've brought in uh, Samantha Colosimo Testa. She is a city council member. She represents North Utica in the sixth ward, uh, and she came in and talked to us. And she's actually one of the more vocal proponents for the downtown hospital. Um, if you listen to our 92.7 show on the drive, um, well, first, hello. Thanks for listening and being awake at 6.30 in the morning on yeah, Saturday. Yeah. Uh, but if you've listened to it, you've heard a, a little bit of this. We played a portion of uh, Samantha's interview last week, about 10, 11 minutes of it. But uh, her interview is actually much longer than that. And she has a fascinating story. She's one of the youngest uh, city council members we've ever had, as a matter of fact. Uh, and her road to the council was uh, not as easy as you may have thought. So let's, uh, so let's hear what Samantha has to say, and we'll be back in just a moment. I guess I should know By the way you popped your car sideways I don't wouldn't You're the kind of person That believes in making out once Love them and leave them fast I guess I must be done She had a pocket full of horses Trojan and some of them Play the Italian game that I normally play with all my. Right, so, Colissimo. Colissimo. Tr- yeah. <laughs> trying to think who, how. I'm Italian. I got a Familaro is my last name. Okay. So, I'm sure that somewhere along the way we know somebody. Somebody's yeah, somebody right, in right, between. Right, 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 right. Um, but I'm, I'm really, let me try and get a concept for who you are. And for our listeners who don't know, uh, we are joined this week by uh, Samantha Colossimo Tesma. Is yes. that Tesla? Tesla. 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 Yeah. Losing no, my mind. Okay. Uh, we, uh, you're at Twitter at scalissimo one You are the uh, common council rep for the 6th Ward, yep. which is North, North Utica. Utica. And then yeah. I get a little part of East Utica. Mm. Well, thank you for joining us. It's of a course. real pleasure. Uh, I actually met you when you gave our good, our fearless leader, quote-unquote, Justin Parkinson, yep. an award yep. for yep. Maiden Utica. Yeah, you guys do a fantastic day. Well, everyone does a fantastic job with that. It's, it really is. Mm. Yeah, Great. he he's a good guy. He... Uh, when he's not being a pain in my butt. Yeah. Right. Uh, <laughs> no. A uh, couple things I want to ask uh, since I do have you here. Sure. Uh, I noticed this when we met you the first time, and I notice it again now. You are very young very. for a common council <laughs> representative. I was actually the youngest person that was ever elected in the actually in Oneida County. I was 23 years old when I got elected. That's crazy. Yeah. And you've won twice. The, actually, three times. Three I'm, times. I'm, now. I'm on my third term. I got one more term left. Yeah. So I'll be 28 and. May, and I've been doing it for five years now. I want to get a little bit into that, but now that you mention it, uh, you know, you have one more potential term coming up. Yeah. Have you thought about what comes after that? Let's say, theoretically, you get another term, then what? I've got two more years. I'm going to finish out my council council seat. There's eight years Mm. total, and I've already completed five, so Mm. I'm just going to stick with it, and if something comes up, I'm actually a certified elementary school teacher. Um, I was teaching at Watson Williams, and then I had 
my first kid, my first mm-hmm. son, and I decided to resign that position and stay home with him. And mm-hmm. then I had another baby last June, so I stay home with both my kids mm-hmm. during the day. And then I work at Valley View on the weekends and mm-hmm. do the council stuff. We're very busy. All our guests <laughs> are so busy. <laughs> it's a good busy. Um, <laughs> So let me ask you a couple questions about your background just for a moment, because I think we do tend to share a similar background. You sure. were uh, Proctor High School. Yep. Uh, and you went to Utica College. Yep. Well, I went, uh, yeah, I went to Herkimer College first. Herkimer so two College years, first. I graduated with a degree in criminal justice and then mm. transferred over to Utica College, psychology, childhood education, and then I've got my master's degree in mm. uh, higher education. Higher education, yep. yeah. Yep. I, um, I'm always curious about that stuff, because I, I'm a guy who went to college, got a history degree, and now I freelance and do a podcast. I, well, I started I started off going to mortuary science school and yeah. then I actually had a friend that passed away very young and mm. I thought about embalming young people so I switched it and went and taught kids. So <laughs> why um but I guess my question is why public service? Like why what called to you about this? So when I I've I've always been interested in mm. community service type things and it's just something that I've just always mm. had a passion for. And then um I got involved into the Republican committee system. My father-in-law was actually very mm. active in that. Um, so in 2000 and, what was 2011, mm. um, the chance, the opportunity came up that the seat was becoming vacant, and mm. I decided to run for it and, and went for it. It was hard. <laughs> I was going to say, for, for people who've never done any public office or any political office, what was that like to make that decision? Oh, were it was you, terrible. Were, well, the, the, I'll, I'll, start, I'll start from the beginning because it was, it was honestly awful. When I first ran... There was, um, obviously, the seat was vacant. Mm-hmm. Um, Dick Lauer was in the position before me, and sure. he no longer wanted to do it. Um, so I ran, and you got to screen in front of all these types of committees and stuff like that. So when I went to go screen, I actually didn't receive the endorsement. Um, they endorsed another gentleman. So I ended up running against him in the primary and ended up winning in the primary. Mm-hmm. Um, then I, by way of you know, winning in the primary, became the endorsed uh, candidate. For so the, you kind of backdoored your way in a little yeah, bit. Yeah, just a little bit. Well, but the seat was open. So, I mean, any time, right. like if it was, I was running against it and come down, it would have kind of just been insulting against the person that was sitting in the seat. So I kind of just, because it was an open seat, why not? And I took the opportunity and ended up winning. So from what it sounds like, it was surprising to the other members of the county council that you were right. Brought in. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So no, it was, it was, it was interesting. I mean, you, you've got a fundraise, you've got a campaign. Yeah. I mean, I think I knocked on like three thousand doors, and yeah. you know, the first, the first half of the election, then the second half, I went and did it all again. So, mm. and that's kind of how you got to meet people right. and introduce yourselves and stuff like that. But I mean, I grew up in North Utica. I've always had a little part of East Utica in me, so mm. I kind of was familiar with a lot of the people, and I, there was a lot of support in my district. Did you feel like there was uh, any? Any backlash that came your way because you were so young? Oh yeah, without a doubt. I mean, the guy, the, the some of the you know the guy that I was running against was like, oh, she's at college and this and third. Like, why would you want to vote for somebody that has no experience? And my whole thing was, you know, nobody had experience at that time that I was running against mm. in an elected office. So why not take the chance? And I, I live in this area. I wanted to help out the best I could, and that's kind of why I no. went for it. I think. Look, I think it's great. Now, I'll tell you, uh, we talked about it on the show earlier today, but. Um, a uh, good friend of mine, John Howard, who runs The Signal, he actually put up an article uh, a couple days ago about whether or not politics are quote-unquote cool again. This was in response to the fact that the uh, like the Sanders administration is yeah. actually bringing out more voters, more young voters it's it's nice that. yeah it's nice to see that people are actually involved especially the presidential mm-hmm. election but my whole thing is I think local seats are more important because they yes. directly affect you you yes. know and and to see that when I first got elected I was the mm. the youngest person on there and then the next age group was like fifty to six years old and not that there's nothing wrong but you really got to start getting young people involved. Uh, my co-host on the show Kevin is a champion of that concept that um, you know because 
like I'm, I'm, I've been a uh, registered Democrat for about, mm -hmm. I don't know, since I was old enough to right, vote, right, uh, right. primarily because I wanted to vote in primaries. Right. Um, I don't necessarily agree with party lines at this point no. in time, but I kept it for the thing. But right. it does seem like when I voted for Obama twice, I didn't have to. It was in New York. It was a blue state. My vote didn't feel like it Made mattered, it right? But Kevin has always championed that if you vote here, your vote does mean something well, because even the turnout we get for voting is not right. what you would expect. Well, and, and that's the whole thing. Like, you know, you look at Oneida County and, and the upstate New York areas, there's really not much focus because the downstate area is so much overlaps when it comes to voting. So when you want to get reelected, you usually go and give the money and the stuff to the areas that have the most voting population because that's the way it works. But, um, you know, in the past few years, you can just see the, the change that we've had in this area from Nano and... I know later on we're going to talk about the hospital yeah. and, you know, I mean, so there's tons of money that are coming to this area and mm. it's kind of interesting to see the change from when I got on the council because mm. it's terrible. I mean, we had like an $8 million deficit, <laughs> yeah. positions were being cut and we turned ourselves around financially to get us to this point. So and that's nice fair, to see. And that's a fair point. You've been, how long have you been on the council now? Five years. Five years. So mm -hmm. you've been here for five years. You've probably seen a good amount of change just in the five years. Just in the five years. Yeah. The, the first, the first probably year and a half was probably, I was like, why did I do this? Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like, I care for what you wish for because it was awful. I won't ask you your age, even though I'm curious, but what year did you graduate? Uh, I'll tell school? you my age. I don't care. It's, I'm 27. I'll You're 27. 20, I'll all be 28 right. in May. Yeah, think, I graduated I'm... in 2006. Okay. All right. All right. Yeah. Cool. I'm yeah. trying to, th I'm trying to put in context yeah, of what no, years you Yeah, no, that's fine. I don't I'm care. I'm in my early thirties, guys. I'm old. <laughs> so old. Are you ready for your thirties? Yeah, it's coming. It's coming. Um, I have a question for you. I noticed on your website, and I don't know if this is uh, you can correct me if I'm wrong. You were also a board member of the Urban Renewal Agency. I'm a board member of the Urban Renewal Agency. I'm mm. a board member of the Harbor Point Development mm. Committee. I'm the chairperson of the government, and it was just recently changed the IT Advancement Committee. Mm -hmm. I sit on the I co-chair the Urban and Economic Development Committee. I'm on the Public Safety Committee. I'm mm -hmm. on um, the Parks and Recreations Committee. So there's a, I got a few. Yeah, I got a few things. You're I, all over the place. I got you. Got to stay involved, and that's the only <laughs> way that I can keep in touch with everything that's going on. Um. Well, let me ask you this about the urban uh, renewal thing. This is just a personal question. Sure. If you don't, you know, we don't have to get into this too much. Um, I spent a lot of time in Brooklyn. Take a shot, listeners. Uh, I watched uh, basically a dilapidated area of Brooklyn become gentrified over a span of about seven, eight years. A real crummy neighborhood. Mm -hmm. I've heard talk since I've been home of whether or not gentrification is coming to this area. I've always made the argument that urban renewal and gentrification are not the same thing. Uh, you can. You, know, you look at a place like bag, like the like the you do coffee roasters, right? They built that building. Now it's successful. It wasn't like they kicked out a poor business to open that building. That building was a non-used right. landmark that no one was using. Someone took advantage of it. However, when you look at Varick Street, I noticed they're building a brand new bar next to Kelsey Harp. It looks beautiful, but that is a very uh, like poverty-stricken neighborhood. That sort of borders on gentrification to me when you're starting to build upscale establishments in areas that where the people who surround it probably can't attend it. Right. So, right. so the, through the urban renewal agency, what sure. it is is okay. Say like we go through a city auction, mm -hmm. anybody can come purchase a building sure. through a city auction. The good thing about urban renewal agency and whether it's it helps you know totally to revitalize the area, sure. it gives you the opportunity to. Um, Try and focus on owner-occupied homes, okay, mm -hmm. rather than having absentee landlords come into the area and, yeah. you know, really not take care of the buildings. A lot Excellent. of the problems that we had before. So it focuses on low, mm -hmm. you know, po poverty neighborhoods and, you know, so that's the opportunity. But, again, you don't have a, a crystal ball to be able to tell if the property, mm -hmm. if the person that you're giving the property to is going to do what they say. The only good part about it is, is that at the end of a year, end of their 
you know, they give us a checklist of what they want to do. At mm -hmm. the end of their checklist, and it's basically at the end of the year, they get what's called a certificate of completion. Mm -hmm. If they don't do what they said they were going to do, then they don't get the certificate of completion. So the deed doesn't get transferred over to them until they do what they say they're going to mm -hmm. do. So we actually have the opportunity to revert the property back to the city if they really? don't do what they say. So, I mean, whether you utilize it as much as you should, mm -hmm. I guess it's, it's some people can beg to differ on it. Listen, if you have any ideas for some uh, broke, hotshot, upstart local media company who's looking for headquarters, we'll right. talk about that. Yeah, definitely. Right? Yeah, without a doubt, they get a whole list. And you see, they do a fantastic job on the on mm. the website, you know, with Facebook and stuff mm. like that, sure. trying to get the media and the public to know. So, uh, is there a website for the renewal agency? Um, I don't know. Well, it's the City of Utica website, and sure. then you can go on the Urban Renewal Agency okay. um, link. But there's also a Facebook page. Sure. It's Urban Utica Urban Renewal Agency. They, they get all the properties, and you get to see the whole list of them. All right, so I guess we, we've gotten to the, the topic of discussion, which we, we brought you in here to talk about sure. today, and that is the downtown hospital. Sure. Um, uh, again, just for some context, we've talked about the, the hospital many, many times on the podcast. It's been a recurring concept. Uh, we just had Brett Truitt in. Uh, I don't know if these will be on the same episode or not, but we just had Brett talking, and Brett is the the man behind uh, the NoDowntownHospital.com website. Right. He's one of the foremost people uh, we had who were speaking out against the hospital. You seem to be in support of the downtown hospital, so I'd like to give you a platform to talk a little bit about that if you'd like. Sure. I, I mean, anybody that's a representative of Utica should obviously be a champion for whether mm -hmm. you agree with the concept or not. Um, we have a lot of areas in the city mm -hmm. of Utica that need help with revitalization. That exactly. is one area specifically that does need it. Um, so when they announced that they were going to consolidate the hospitals and they wanted to either choose, they had, I think they had 12, 12 locations to begin with, and mm -hmm. then it became between New Hartford and Utica, the St. Luke's campus. Yes. Now, let's just, I'll just give you a little background to why I support um, a hospital downtown. Number one is the city of Utica provides services to the town of New Hartford for the St. Luke's campus. Mm -hmm. Our fire department responds, our police department responds. Um, so there's a lot of the, the things in our jurisdiction that mm -hmm. we provide their services to. They use our ISO rating for the fire department. They save a ton of money on our insurance, just, just alone mm -hmm. by using the Utica fire department. Um, you know, is that some of the things that if it stays at that location that the city of Utica residents want to continue to pay for? Um, so that was that. Then you look at the downtown location to the, the, the New Hartford location. They still have to get wetland permits in order to expand their building. Right. Um, so there, there's, when you look at the, you know, the, the weighing between New Hartford and Utica, there's really not that much of a difference. Mm. Now, the problem I have when it comes to the opposition is the simple fact that they say, oh, well, I'm not, I'm just, you know, I'm against the hospital in general, you know, no matter where mm. it is or where it's going from. Well, then why did you start the No Downtown Hospital Facebook page? Why wasn't No Hospital? You know, mm. it specifically pointed out the downtown location. And that's what bothered me when you come to look at, you know, New Hartford and Utica. Mm. Where are the people going to go when you've got a, when you're building in the new hospital, say, mm. at the St. Luke's campus? You know, so, I mean, there's, there's a whole... There's a whole list of things that you could look at. I mean, and I wouldn't be against something that I haven't seen yet. I mean, they showed you the, you know, the site plan of what they yeah. wanted it to look like. They put a whole bunch of question and answers on their website. And I just, you know, I, I wouldn't be against something that I, mm -hmm. I didn't, you know, had the full opportunity uh, to explore. I've beaten this story into the ground many times, and I, I hate to repeat myself, but I do it all the time. Every time me and Kevin drive down Columbia Street, Lafayette Street, we say to ourselves, it's a shame that this area is in such dilapidated state. But what could you possibly put in one of these broken down buildings that's going to attract people to this area? It's really tough to open up one business specifically that draws people into an area that historically right. they won't go to because right. it's not great for walking. I like the idea, in theory, of getting rid of an entire swath of unused, underdeveloped buildings all at once. Right. 
Um, but I don't know. I don't also don't understand the necessary procedures of what it would take to do that. You presumably have to buy out all these businesses, right? There is thirty four thousand dollars worth thirty four thousand dollars worth of properties there down That's on all? Columbia Street that would be coming off the tax rolls if that mm. was going to a majority of those properties are either vacant, the city owns. I mean, so yeah. there's not there's not much. Everyone says, oh, the tax roll, the tax roll. Well, let's look at the St. Luke's campus. What happens if they, you know, because that they has to be in the total mm. overall plan. What happens if they knock that down? Could that not be a taxable property or one? So you would mm. be losing some, but yet you would be making up for some. And then you're also talking about close to a $600 million investment, mm. road infrastructure, um, you know, rerouting of streets. I mean, mm. there's there's a ton of positives that could be going to that area. I mean, those buildings, some of them have been vacant for close to 30 years. Mm-hmm. I mean, what all of a sudden is going to come? Granted, we have Nano coming. I mean, and, and, and you look at the Malta area, okay? Mm. What Nano has done for them over the, you know, they say careful what you wish for just for the fact of what they have to go through with traffic, their you know, mm. property taxes, you know, property assessments have increased. I mean, so there's a ton of stuff going on. And people that buy that are going to going to relocate to this area, whether the, and, and this is the God's honest truth, I could care less if it was in New Hartford, and I could care less if it was in downtown Utica. Obviously, I'm in favor more because it's a down, down in downtown Utica, but you've got a, a brand new state-of-the-art facility coming to this area. Mm-hmm. I don't care what anybody says. That in itself is a positive for this area, and that was my point from the beginning mm-hmm. on whether or not they chose the St. Luke's campus or the Utica campus. Mm-hmm. I mean, you've got new technology that'll be coming to this area. You're going to have a consolidated, instead of two hospitals, mm. you have to worry about heating, electricity, this and that. You're going to have one consolidated hospital, brand new, and, and you're going to actually want people coming from, you know, doctors coming from outside this area to want to work at a new a new facility. Mm. I mean, nobody can argue that point. One of the things we talked about, I, I remember I spent some time uh, at the Bag Square Foundation, did a whole uh, seminar. They actually really did a wonderful job. They, they do. They uh, do they a did, fantastic they did job. Great, they told the whole story about uh, Bag Square and a lot of the properties they're building out there. But you, you look around at the housing, you're like, all right, so let's say you want to build moderate to upscale housing in mm-hmm. this area. Need to have people who are actually going to afford to live there, <laughs> right, right? Exactly. Like, don't get me wrong. I like the I, I like in principle the idea of like, oh, I could have a great apartment right near Bag Square, and I could be right near everything. The problem is, I can't afford that. I'm not trying. You know what I mean, like, I... <clears throat> listen, and, and it, once you know, don't get me wrong. If people, if they, if Nano takes off the way it does, you're talking about mm-hmm. 3,500 jobs over the next yes. year and a half, two years. Okay, you are going to have people that want to live in upscale apartments. Yeah. Me personally, I have two kids. I want a backyard. I want a pool. Correct. I want my kids to be able to run around and stuff like that. So, yes, maybe five years ago, when an apartment like that would have been convenient for me, absolutely. Right. But you know, unfortunately, I like my house, and yeah. you know, and that's and that's actually a point that me and Kevin have talked about. I love living in South Utica. Right. I like being in the suburbs, but maybe the Sam Pamelaro who was living in New York City for seven years, right. who lived in a garbage pail apartment in Bed-Stuy, would have liked the idea of right. having a more upscale apartment downtown near the action. Right. I mean, you looked at, uh, what was it, uh, Adam Wallace. You yeah. know, they had a nice, beautiful house over in South Utica, and they yeah. chose to live there. I mean, so there's definitely going to be interest in apartments like that, you know, so no, no, there's no doubt about no. it. But... Overall, you 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 are definitely probably going to have doctors that are coming to yeah. this area wanting to live in you know upper class apartments and mm-hmm. nurses and things like that. But forty five hundred people mm-hmm. coming to this area to going to downtown mm-hmm. Utica, nobody can argue the fact that that's not going to bring some type mm-hmm. of prosperity to the economic development in that area. A couple of the common criticisms I've heard, um, and again we've talked about this discussion a lot with other people, so uh, this is again just stuff that yeah, I've heard no, in yeah, passing. Yeah. Uh, one of them was that we already have. <laughs> three, four hospitals here. Why do we need a fifth when a place like Rochester, which is three times the size of Utica, only has one major hospital? Right, right. A lot of people don't understand the point of even having another hospital. Right, right, right. Uh, right. 
I guess the idea is creating jobs. Is that the point of building it, or is it just? It's a, it's, it's a consolidation of the mm-hmm. hospitals. When mm-hmm. you when you're upkeeping two hospitals, okay, for yeah. one area, of course it's gonna the expense expenses just on fuel, electricity, mm-hmm. and they're old buildings. I mean, you can't remodel. You can remodel an old building a thousand times. Mm-hmm. The the infrastructure is still gonna be the same unless you knock it down. And you start all over again. Um, and that's kind of the concept that they're having at the St. Luke's campus. Mm-hmm. So, you know, the hospitals aren't going to be open once they, five hospitals aren't going to be open. There's going to be two hospitals. There's going to be the, the new hospital that they built, and then there's going to be the Faxton campus. Mm-hmm. But St. Luke's and St. Elizabeth's are no longer going to be open. Mm-hmm. Now, my whole thing, wouldn't it be nice if um, Utica College can expand their campus mm-hmm. and hold a, uh, you know, a, a doctor, you know, and, and, you know, medicine. I yeah. mean, so they would be able to use that facility maybe for something like that. I mean, even the St. Saint Elizabeth's campus, why not turn that into the St. Elizabeth's Hospital of Nursing? I mean, so there's plenty of opportunity. The simple fact is, this is a new concept. Mm-hmm. The hospital board has not built a million hospitals. I mean, yeah. this is their first time. So it's new to them, just like it's new to us. Mm-hmm. And I'm open to the idea. Who's to say once they submit their plans and I see everything, I'm gonna, I, I might not be in favor of it as much, but mm-hmm. I'm going to keep my opportunities open and just make sure that this is something that for my, for for the city of Utica that's going to be centrally located for everybody. Mm-hmm. And not just Utica residents. You're talking about, it, you know, Little Falls, Herkimer, Poland. Mm-hmm. I mean, these yeah. people are going to be coming here, and it's going to be more convenient for them. That is a forgotten aspect of a lot of this, and it's something we've talked about in the podcast a lot because I'll have, we talk, you know, the show's called the Utica Cast, we're right. based out of South Utica. Right. I have a lot of people who listen to the show right. in Little Falls and Herkimer, right. and right. they're like, you know, we, we, we're we out here too. Right. A lot of people right. forget about it, but, you I know. I mean, it is, it is. Yeah. And, and, you know, it's definitely going to be more convenient for them. They'll mm-hmm. be able to hop right on 5S, or mm-hmm. they'll be able to hop right on 12 and come right down and you know the whole point of the, you know building the new arterial project is that it's no it's mo- going to be more accessible for mm. everybody you know and it's it, you've got to be open to change because if you're not you're going to continue to hit be to continue for you to going to be like it was 50 years in the mm. past i mean that's that's just the way it's going to happen you know and it's going to continue to if you don't have advocates in this area championing for something like this mm. Well, uh, we're actually glad to have you here, Samantha. It's been a real pleasure. Uh, Where can people uh, learn more about you or follow you on the internet? They Uh, can follow me. I I got a Facebook page. It's Samantha Colosmo, uh, Six Ward Common Council. Mm -hmm. Um, You can call me on my cell phone. It's 315-794-1509. I mean, anytime you want to talk, I'm open. My cell phone's public. You can contact me anytime. Used to call me on my cell phone. phone. (laughs) Just like Drake. Uh, Samantha, thank you for spending time with us. Really appreciate it. Uh, Absolutely. uh, Congratulations on on your, you know, being with the Common Council as long as you have. Congratulations when you have to run again. Yeah, right. (laughs) Thank you so Uh, much. And we'll be back to the show in just a moment.
All right, and thank you again to Samantha Colosimo Testa, and you can follow her on Twitter at s Colosimo one c o l o s i m o. Well done. Thank you. What a host. She was, you know what? It's funny. We did that Italian thing that Italians and Utica do, where we played like six degrees of separation. Yeah, like, know? how does my right. family know? Yeah. Who's your cousin's yeah, How are we related? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I want to. Uh, I mentioned we didn't. We didn't. We're going to talk about politics last segment. Uh, I'm not really going to push too much of it, but I do want to talk a little bit about the voting. You know, uh, I had mentioned last week that I was going to go vote in the primaries. They were last Tuesday. Uh, Hillary won on the Democratic side, and sadly, Donald Trump won on the. Republican side, come on, guys. <laughs> Get it together. Guys. Jeez. Yeah, but, um, you know, and, and we, we've talked pretty adamantly about, you know, our feelings about voting on this show, specifically how we think you should vote and how we... It's important. And how we yell Say at Parkinson because Parkinson says it's not important and, and Cliff's smiling as because he doesn't like to vote either. But I, wanna, I just want to share a quick story with the listeners out there about the actual struggles that I had to go through to vote for Bernie Sanders because that's what I voted for. <laughs> I can talk about it now. It's fine. <laughs> Um, so I went to go vote. I normally vote at, uh, if you live in Utica, uh, I vote at the parkway, right? That's where right. I'm supposed yeah, to right, go. Right, if you don't right. live in Utica, mm-hmm. it's like five blocks from my house for all things yeah. considered, right? Like, you know, uh, it's right around the corner. So I get in the car and I go down to the voting center. Now I moved from New York city to Utica. So I had to change all that information over last year. Good for you. Yeah. Well, listen, it's, I think it's important. Yeah. Um, cause I wanted to vote in the mayor election. Right. So. Uh, to do so, I had to vote via affidavit, right? Because they're like, okay, you live here now, but we're not going to be able to uh, process all your voting information before you know before the election comes. So you're going to have to fill out this piece of paper, and then we're going to put it in an envelope, and then you're going to hand it to us, and then when you leave, we're going to throw it in the fire because th- these votes don't count, yeah, right? Which is right. what I assumed yeah. in my yeah. head yeah. anyway. Uh, but my hope was that because I'd already gone through this, I would go to the same voting place and walk right into the same voting booth and have my name in the little book there and sign the book and do that and whatever. Right. Lo and behold, I go there and I say, I say, hi, uh, I'm here to vote, but I don't know what my ward and district is, which if anyone who's voted in a local election, it's always that moment of panic when you walk in and there's like eight booths. You're like, I don't know anything. Yeah. Where, where am I supposed to go? Uh, and all the people who are there working are volunteers and the elderly which is something we'll touch upon in just a moment um anyhow so i go there to vote and they say oh no no you where you live you live on this street oh no you gotta vote at the other building so now i'm like okay all right i smell i smell chicanery something Uh oh i mean like something smells rotten in the state of denmark so uh, I'm like, all right, where, where do I have to go vote then? And they say, oh, you, you got to go to the to the JCC, the Jewish Community Center up on uh, Nida Street. So this isn't that much farther away, but now I'm like, okay. All right, so I leave, and I get in my car, and I get back in on Nida Street, and I drive up Nida Street, and I go to JCC. And I get out, and I walk in there, and there's a bunch of the same thing, just old volunteer people, and I walk in, it's all the wards and all the districts, and I say, okay, I'm here, hi, I'm here, I'm named Sam, I'm trying to vote. You know, they said, where do you live? <laughs> say, what did they tell you? They say I live in this street, and they go, okay. And they go, huh? Did did you did you did you vote here last time? And I go, no, I voted at the Parkway last time, and they told me that I need to come to the JCC to vote. And they said, oh no, no, see, <laughs> you if you voted at the Parkway last time, even though you're you have to go back to go the Parkway back, to vote over there. Mm. So now I'm like. Oh man, I feel like there's this scenario in play here where I'm gonna get screwed, right? <laughs> like now I'm now I don't believe it. So now I get back in the car and I leave the JCZ. And I go on a nice street and go back to the parkway. So now I'm back at the parkway and I walk in and uh, turns out I was just at the wrong table. 
Oh, no. <laughs> I was like at the table next uh, to the one I was supposed to. I was getting to. ready to start yelling about election fraud. Yeah, I know, I know. I'm getting I know. like fired no, 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 up here. But yeah. here's the thing. But here's the thing. Like, they didn't even check for me. Like, right? So I'm at Ward, whatever, Ward 3, whatever, 7. Yeah. I don't even remember the numbers yeah. anymore. Right? All the guy had to do was reach over to the table next to him and say, hey, you got this guy's name in the book? Right. And the other guy would have said yes. But no, it, there was like no disconnect. And here's my point. I think that maybe you should either have a little bit of an easier process for these volunteers and elderly people to follow because it right. seems like a madhouse every yeah. time you go. It's always... Any problem is, like, a huge issue. Yeah. Uh, also, I'm going to rally against the fact that I don't care for the new way that we vote now where you're not pressing the buttons in a voting booth with the sliding curtain like yeah. it used to be when we were kids. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something about filling out a paper ballot and having to feed it into a machine. Eh, it seems like a scam. Yeah. It's yeah. really... Like, what's this, a pencil? Yeah. I'm not voting in pencil. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so, yeah, it's... Uh, so, so you're taking a cat test. I think, yeah, I think you have yeah. to write the name on it, and then you burn the card, and then magic. Well, no, That's what, how, you, uh, you, voting you, works. You burn yeah. the card because they don't care. Yeah, right. Because yeah, it doesn't matter anyway. They set the ballot on fire in your hand, and right. you have to hold it, and then when it burns, you rub your hands together, yeah. Say, and then thank you, you corporate the finger, overlords, yeah. and then you're yeah. in the Cosa Nostra. Yeah. Wait a minute, I think yeah. I watched Sopranos. Um, no, so yeah, that's all I want to talk about. I wasn't happy about the way it turned out. Seems like our. My pal Bernie is going to have a tough time. Bernie uh, did walk in Oneida County, which was, I mean, at least Oneida County got it. Yeah, good work. You know what, though? When you looked at the uh, the results from the Democratic primary here in New York, it was crazy because when you look at all the different counties, they did, like, one of those maps where they shade which counties, like, one color is for one, mm-hmm. one is the other. And, like, a big, fat chunk of the middle of New York and Long Island is all Hillary and then Rochester and a few surrounding counties pretty much are all Hillary. Then everything else in the state was Bernie. Right. Yeah. But there's enough population in those few population of centers course. that yep. it works yep. out. But it was crazy to watch it represented like that mm-hmm. and to see mm-hmm. how small of an actual like physical landmass area it is. Yeah. <sighs> The biggest cluster of an election in our lifetime continues rambling yeah, on. That's every time. Yeah. Every time. Everyone's the worst. Everyone is the worst one. Not like this one, though. Oh, they, I don't they know. Get, Until the next get, one. They get progressed. They've never. We had a presidential popular vote winner not become president because of the Electoral College. Right. Like, Al Gore should have been our president. That's and, like, the... I understand that's not how it works. I understand that. But if there's a, I mean, we're not even to the presidential election yet we're not even that far that's what i'm saying we've got a tv star and a liar a b-list of well which one's which well there you go exactly yeah um all right uh let's move on to something besides politics this is actually uh something i wanted to share with you guys uh because we're all uh, we all sort of fall in this age range i had a conversation with my sister yesterday i have an older sister she's you know a couple years older than me she's still young and beautiful at heart certainly i don't mean to i don't mean to talk about it like that anyhow uh, she was debating having, um, you know, she's talking about how she has a daughter and her daughter is getting into uh, musicals and plays in school. Yeah. And she's starting to get old. My sister's getting a little bit, you know, she's thinking about childhood in a different way now, about being a parent. Uh, and me and her had a very like interesting long-term discussion about whether or not it's okay to not have kids in today's society. And this is something I've thought about a lot as a guy who's in my early 30s, about like whether or not I want to have kids in general right like and it's not really my thought because i'm not you know i'm not the one getting pregnant but like if you are gonna have like but you'll be there you'll be there at some point you'll be there i don't know no <laughs> well, what do you, no, if, I mean you'd be like, there as a dad, not like oh, you're not oh, the one getting mean, pregnant. Like, well, it's like it's bolting. weird, right? <laughs> I guess, I guess what I'm saying is like I've always, I'm sort of like kind of dark and nihilistic about like my, I'm always kind of cynical about my thoughts on life sometimes, right? And I'm always like, oh, ugh. like 
I feel like he's the positive one out of us. Like, <laughs> well, out of you guys, maybe. Maybe you guys are. Yeah. I guess the point I'm saying is like, I had sort of got to a point in time a couple years back where I'd said, yeah, you know, maybe I'll just get married and not have kids. Maybe it's cool to not have kids, right? Yeah. Like maybe, like maybe the idea that I'm supposed to get married and have kids immediately isn't the right idea. And my sister, you know, for the first time ever was sort of like, she wasn't agreeing with me, but we were having an actual conversation about it. Like, yeah, yeah I can see the benefits of like not having kids and like mm-hmm. being married. What are your thoughts on like just not having kids? Like, uh, it's, I, the, the, the fundamental question is like, is it okay to not have kids? Of course it is. Course. Yeah, right. Do right. whatever you want, live whatever life you want. Yeah. I don't think there's any, I'm not much of a subscriber in your supposed to do or you do something because that's just what you do because it's that age. I can, you could make a really strong case for not, you know, for choosing not to have children, whether you get married or stay unmarried. You can make a case for not having mm-hmm. kids of your own. I mean, just as much as, you know, you do kind of want them too. It's up on the fence, but it's, I think it's a personal decision that everybody has to make for themselves. And I don't think anybody should be looked at one way or the other, uh, whichever side they fall on in that decision. Yeah, in in urban centers, we're seeing more and more that people are holding off and delaying. Having oh yeah, children, our, know, our, our generation as a whole. And, I mean, if yeah. you think about it, you know, as much as we call it early thirties, we're all thirty, right? So, yeah. and if you go back to probably our parents' generation, think about us at age thirty and how many people we know and how many of them don't have kids. How many right. are unmarried? How right. many don't have kids? I think if you go back to sixties, seventies, eighties, it was much more the norm. For by the time you're thirty. Mm-hmm. Your kids are probably in, like, kindergarten. I think it's becoming more normal as we live in a time with probably a more prolonged adolescence than there was in previous generations. I think it's become more normal to have kids later in life, and you're seeing a lot more of it. It correlates to education level, too. Yeah, that's I mean, a that's a huge, huge issue with it, too. You tend to see, tend to see more well-educated people, especially people who are putting more time in going right. to school for right. longer and having to pay down those huge debts for longer having to make hard choices about can they afford choices. a kid. Yeah. Responsible choices. And I mean. that's, that's what I don't think there's anything noble about bringing a child into the world just to have one if you're not responsibly ready for one. We're very lucky to live in the United States where our population density isn't overbearing. But, I mean, we have a global population crisis. There are places in mm. this world that do not yes. have enough resources to support the population that they have. And... Um, it's actually, I think, a responsible decision to hold off having children until you can support them, and hopefully people start making that decision. You don't have to not have children, but let's make sure that we're in a responsible place, of course, to I'm, do that. I just mean, and I guess that's fair, and I, and I thought about it from, like, the ideas of, like, you know, just overpopulated as it is, like, is, I, it, I totally is it responsible agree. to bring another human being into I this totally world, agree. into the Trump the Trump future, right? Like, is, right. It, is it responsible? We're just programmed um, from such an early age uh, that this is our life pattern. But I actually bought aesthetically into the idea at one point in time, like, yeah, I just like having, like, a wife that can go on adventures. And with having me. money and, and free time. Yeah. <laughs> yeah like, money yeah. and free time are pretty like, tight, Like, man, too. If me, that'd be great, too. Yeah. You know? So, you know, one of our best friends yeah. has two children, and they're perfect. They come over, and I buy them gifts, and uh, that's, yeah. yeah. And know? that's, and I look forward that's to... That's the other thing. Yeah, you know, it's I've, awesome. I've got Great lo- deal. I've got lots of little cousins, and you know, I, I wouldn't be surprised if in the future I have nieces and nephews yeah. and close friends I have have kids and stuff like that. I don't know. I'm I really couldn't say it's about a fifty fifty of whether I feel like 
I want to have, you know, children of my own besides all those extra kids that I will, you know, to have exposure to and get to have in my life and stuff. And I think a lot of it comes down to where your life takes you. Yeah. You know, if you find yourself in like a nice, secure job and you find the right girl who seems like the type of person you would like to raise a family with, or you find the right partner who seems like somebody you want to raise a family with, then you do. But I think maybe sometimes people force it because they feel like they have to. And it's okay to not. You know right. what I mean? Either way, like either decision mm-hmm. is fine. If you're out there, you can get a hold of us uh, at Uticast on Twitter. By the way, mm-hmm. yeah. Uticast at gmail dot What are you trying to have kids with the listeners? Uh, maybe. <laughs> what, are you, what are you against that? I stand behind the fact that our listener base is highly attractive. Of, I've yeah. never seen a lot of them all just gathered together in one group. Stunning, but, stunning yeah. looking, yeah. stunning looking. The audience, it's, uh, like Diddy's all white party on New Year's Eve. That's our listeners. That's that's what I see. Trap back in 1999, just like <laughs> we're podcasting like it's 1999. What do you want? Let's uh, let's move on to some over unders, shall we? Ooh, yeah, over unders. Over unders. All right, let's play some over unders, guys. First one, um, over under. This is a real low key one. Breakfast. Underrated. Ooh. Underrated forever. Mm. Underrated. Where's the delivery? Who mm. delivers breakfast? What? No, nobody delivers breakfast. In, what is that about? In Utica, in you can Utica. go places and get them in larger areas. Who delivers a lot of things? When we were in New York, we got breakfast delivered that one. You day. know what I mean? It's excellent. Uh, here's the thing, though. I actually like making breakfast. My problem, breakfast is uh, is underrated. The problem with breakfast for me is finding the actual. I like cooking breakfast, but cooking breakfast is an intensive process. I got pans and pots to clean afterwards. I'm making eggs. I'm making sausage. Yeah, I'm making. Yeah. I mean, you got to make toast and stuff. It's it's like uh, I'm not doing that before I go to work. Well, that's right. So breakfast right. is certainly overlooked five days out of the week, yeah. right? So, but even that, I think regular breakfast, like just grabbing an apple and some yogurt or a bowl of cereal in the morning, is also underrated. Because yes. I can say when I do find the time to like have a decent breakfast in the morning, feel way better. I do feel better during yeah. the day. Like they yeah. say, it's the most important meal of the day. That's an old wives' tale for a reason. Yeah, mm. underrated. Yeah, yeah. agree. Uh, all right, let's move on. All right, here's an interesting one. Overrated, underrated. Talking to ex partners, I guess in this case girlfriends, since we're all men. <laughs> overrated. 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 I'm gonna say uh, I'm gonna say underrated on this because honestly, uh, I've thought about this a lot. Every time I've run into somebody who I've had a previous relationship with in the past, it does seem, <laughs> it does seem that I'm always interested to see what their lives are like. Their lives are like now, not in like a malicious way. <laughs> I run, you know what I mean like yeah, I right. Run, no, honestly, I, no, believe me, there, there. I've been lucky enough where very, you know, barring a few minor exceptions, I actually keep pretty. Uh, casual friendly relationships with most people i've known over the time i don't make too many enemies right i can count them all on mm-hmm. seven or eight hands probably <laughs> um no but i'm always fascinated to see what like like all right not not like that could have been me but like that could have been me right like <laughs> right like i like to see what happened no, very fascinating to me it's curious <laughs> i snapped right out and i said overrated and i think you make a good point though in the fact that even, you know, even the people that I've been through the toughest times with, I think I'm on, you know, pretty good terms with, friendly yeah. terms where if you come across somebody, say, hey, how you doing, you catch up, this and that. But as far as overrated goes, talking to exes, like trying to force yourself to maintain a friendship just because you used to have a relationship, that's crazy. And yeah. a lot of people do it. She yeah. doesn't care. I talk about it. I, 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 read a t- I had a text message conversation with my one of my ex-girlfriends from New York. And we had a 20-minute conversation. She told me what she's up to. She's, like, going to school for something Yeah, every else. once in a yeah. while. And I was like, ah, that was nice. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Cliff, what do you think? Overrated or underrated? Where you at? Uh, I'm going with overrated because uh, I don't do it. 
Really? Yeah. That's, you're, yeah. Not, you're not necessarily not, wrong, though. It's not a policy. It's just, <laughs> if I really wanted you around, I would have kept you around. No, I, I no, you know what, though? I think, I just, I'm not that interested in what you're doing, clearly. I think the, the message... <laughs> if I was... The message that you've got is pretty spot on, though, in the fact that, like, you know, if I'm moving forward and we've, we've made an accord that this isn't going to be a thing anymore... If I move forward, that means I'm moving forward, which tends to be moving away. Yeah, generally. And I'm always yeah. moving forward. That's fair. <laughs> <laughs> always onward, <laughs> not upward, and twirling, twirling, twirling <laughs> into infinity. Can't imagine why you got access. <laughs> All right, uh, so let's Look what move they missed on. out on. Overrated, underrated Craigslist. <sighs> underrated? You can get out, you get almost anything you want on Craigslist. Uh, yeah, for Un- cheap underrated. Craigslist yeah, is amazing. I think Craigslist got a bad rap for a long time because of all the uh, the killing, the murder. Was it the murder? Oh, right. murder. Yeah. It was the murder, murder right? Murders. But yeah. Since we've been in the market for a new bookshelf and rug <laughs> in the last couple of weeks, especially okay. I think Craigslist in a small area is easier because you generally get somebody like, oh, I know right where they live. It's not like yeah. you're in, you know, yeah. Minneapolis, where you got to go to some neighborhood you've never been to, yeah, like yeah. a seventh floor walk up. That's like Prince's old neighborhood. Hey. <laughs> Marketplace aside, Craigslist missed connections. All right. If you're ever bored, you have nothing going on, Craigslist missed connections. Just sit and read, and you will have just the most fantastic evening. What are you on there looking for people to have kids with? No, I'm on <laughs> there looking for my ex girlfriends that don't talk to me. I mean, that I don't talk to. Um, <laughs> the truth comes out. With, with Craigslist, uh, I actually find Craigslist interesting. I can get stuck looking at stuff on Craigslist because then you yeah. start getting into like, oh, I wonder if I can, what, ca- what else actually, can I buy? I, think that's I look at Craigslist for stuff I'm not even going to buy. Yeah, right, <laughs> right, right, on that. right. But like, I know for a fact that I have at least one friend who posts fake Craigslist ads for things that like no one wants <laughs> to buy. Like, did what did he put that one time that left? They left it up for like two weeks before they pulled it down. Miniature Christmas trees. Yeah, miniature Christmas trees. <laughs> so he's just cutting the tops off Christmas trees and selling them like as some sort of weird like mental breakdown slash highly advanced trolling joke that only he yeah, gets. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> You when I tried to buy that, it's Craigslist is one of those things I'll browse around too because you never know what kind of a deal you're gonna get. Like I'll look at the musical mm. instrument section every other day or so, yeah. just in my daily internet browsing, yes. just because you never know when you find a screaming deal on something yeah. that's you know that you got to pick up because it's once in a lifetime kind what of deal. If, we saw some guy talking about that. I, he was like, "Yeah, you, you try and find someone whose ex just broke, someone just broke up, and their girl's selling all their stuff. Like, oh, you're yeah, selling this guy's right, whole studio." Right. 500 bucks sold. I'm coming. We'll come get it, yeah. Uh, all right. Yeah, I like Craigslist. Um, just, you know, not in middle of bed style. Craigslist killer is overrated. Yeah. No, no, no. That no, guy's though, the worst. No, no joke, though. Like, when I was living in New York, though, if I went to go get something on Craigslist, I had to have someone come with me just because, like, New York yeah. City. Yeah. Well, what about, like, a neutral meeting ground? Like, New- hey, yeah. Even that's a little weird, though. If it's like if you're buying someone's TV, yeah. like, and bring your TV out in the middle yeah, of the like, TV to start this TV out to Brian Park. I'll be in the white hat <laughs> yeah. with the, with the yeah. giant TV. Yeah, yeah take know? my TV to Brian Park, <laughs> and then I'll be there with the three guys. Yeah, that's not going to go well for anybody. All right, so let's move on. Overrated, underrated. This one's mostly for you, Cliff, I guess. Oh. Pet ownership. Pet ownership? Pet ownership. Overrated. Underrated. Highly, highly, highly underrated. Underrated? Underrated. Huh. I have a zoo, as you uh, may know. A menagerie, if you will. Yes, are. yeah. And all of them difficult in their own ways, but underrated. They're perfect. This is why you don't want to have kids. Yeah, that's the same argument you kids. would apply to having the kids. <laughs> <sighs> These pets are your children. Yeah. You know that, right? Yeah. 
Yeah, absolutely. Uh, they eat a little less, and they never go to school, which is kind of a bummer. Uh, True. Also, I don't get a tax benefit, which we should talk about. But you can uh, ignore them legally. You can I, legally ignore your pets. Wait, wait, wait. They're wait, the wait, highlight wait. of my day. You want a tax benefit for your cat? Yeah, absolutely. My cat contributes a lot. Keeps me sane. Keeps uh, me a productive member of society. Do you remember earlier when I said I was so excited that Parkinson wasn't here because we got Cliff <laughs> and he's like the sushi of the last segment? All right. Okay, all right. So really underrated on pets because the bond between you and your pet is one of unconditional love, and I think it's a really great example that mm. people should explore and think about and appreciate, and then maybe go and apply that to, I don't know, every human you've ever met. And then plus, when you got all those pets, it doesn't matter that you're not talking to your ex-girlfriends anymore because you got that pet to love you, full circle. Why do you think I got that pet? <laughs> it's tr- I was going to say pet ownership is overrated because it does seem like you're, you're buying into, like, like having a child light for a couple years, like you guys, right? Yeah, yeah. practice warm up. But yeah. I will say, when I'm down in the morning drinking coffee, and my buddy Charles the cat comes Charles down to visit cat. me when I'm watching soccer, that's a good time. I would that's appreciate a, that's that. That's a good test base. So you're not sure if you want to have kids? Go get a puppy. Yeah, yeah. Go get a puppy yeah, first. Yeah. Try that out for a Definitely. little bit. If you can't goes. handle a puppy, wrap it up. All right, yeah. there work. But we're about to wrap it up in just a minute. We have one more. We have one more overrated, underrated here for you. And this one's uh, again. I'm glad that it's all men here today because this one really features for us. It's gonna start getting warm out sooner than later. Overrated, underrated, wearing shorts. I'll say overrated in the sense that you see a lot of people take any excuse they can to like, wow, the sun was out for 10 minutes earlier, I'm wearing shorts today. (laughs) Well, it's over 50 degrees, I'm wearing shorts. At the end of the day, it's impossible to look as well put together with a pair of shorts on as pants. I mean, like in a professional setting, a business setting, any kind of thing like that. Like even if you're going out to a nice place for dinner, say you're going to the tailor and the cook to enjoy a beautiful meal. You're not wearing shorts out there. It's true. Mm. I'm not. I mean, people are, but you. I don't well, think yeah, you should be. Yeah. Maybe that's my own yeah. bias, but yeah. Um, overrated. I've actually. Uh, I feel like there's no way for a man to wear shorts that doesn't make him look like a little boy, right? Like, and that's not, and that's not a knock. Like, don't get me wrong. I I wear like basketball shorts or running shorts or stuff like that. But like, if I wear like cargo shorts, I feel like I look like... Oh, well, that's well cargo shorts are cargo shorts specifically. But, uh, but <laughs> I've actually... As I've Everyone gotten, is checking their yeah. closet just to make sure. As I've gotten as I've gotten older, I've actually leaned back... Nobody cares. I've leaned, <laughs> no, I've totally leaned back into shorts, right? Yes. Like, yes. now yes. now I'll wear, like, the high-top sneakers with the socks pushed down and the shorts to look like a 1990s grunge rocker. Yeah. I've really leaned into shorts yeah. hard again. But I think uh, I, I agree with you, Kev. Like it's really that's a weekender look. You can't be rushing into shorts. Don't yeah, force I'm just, it. I'm not trying to go to a nice place or go into a meeting or do something like that in shorts. There's a so, certain level of professionalism you can't get. Right. What What I've learned here is that you two gentlemen simply do not have the well sculpted calves that I have, yeah. and uh, I feel for you. I I've literally it. never seen you wear shorts. If, well, that's nah, all last summer. You're the okay. type. You're the type and, to roll your skinny <clears throat> jeans up over your knees so like Capri. Here's the process. <laughs> here's the process. One, I do that. Mm. Uh, yes. Two, you purchase pants in the winter. You could take the kid out of zoomies, but you can't then, take the zoomies out of the that's kid. That's true. So you purchase your pants in the winter, say late fall. Yes. And then when spring rolls around, you just take the scissors to them. I do. I I do mm. tend to cut off. Mm. Yep. I'll cut yep. off stuff to make it because, especially for me yep. being six foot five, length is tough to find sometimes. Sure, in shorts, yeah. you know what I mean. Like you yeah. don't want them coming too high above the knee. It's a lot. So sometimes it's easier just run cutoffs, especially if you're just like 
going up to camp or going hiking around the woods or just like beating around like not doing something nice i feel like shorts tend to be again though it's more casual yeah i tend to wear cutoffs because shorts are a more casual thing for me hot spring fashion tip for everybody listening you're welcome ahead of time uh jorts and crop tops jorts and crop tops this season's hottest spring fashion you're all welcome oh Yes, folks, you are welcome. We miss you, Aaron. So thank you again to Samantha Colosimo Testa. Uh, you can follow her on Twitter at scolosimo one Thank you to Cliff Montoni. Uh, for Kevin Sullivan, I am Sam Famalar. We will be back next week.